I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peed. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk Worldwide! With me today, I have Alex Spears and Michele Barra. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and feature on Dash Radio. Alex, what's up, man? Nothing, it's going, hey, basketball's back. That's right, Michele. Well, everything great over here. I'm so sorry that you have to wake up so early to do this, but um, yeah, this time is perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry it Ragger. sucks for you sorry it sucks for you guys but it's awesome for me um, well i had to wake up at 5 30 to to watch the game so i think right we're this is true this is true uh the thunder lost last night 100 to 108 to the golden state warriors uh to me it's kind of a weird game uh one i'm gonna start with this question and i'll go to alex first is the golden state thunder rivalry over um, yeah, I guess there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, there was the very first play where KD poked the ball away from Steven Adams and then apparently stared down Russell, though there was never a good camera shot on it. Yeah. I kept seeing these gifts that were like, whoa, look at KD. And you see it for like a split <laughs> second. So maybe it is. I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind it. That part of it being over. But yeah. I do think, you know, the big takeaway for me is that OKC's defense this season is going to keep them in a lot of games, even when they're not shooting well. And they have the pieces to defend this Golden State team. Yep. So maybe it's not a rivalry, but I do think they have the makeup to match up with this Golden State team. I'm not going to say they're going to beat them or anything, but I do think it's going to be competitive throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Kelly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like the fact that Russ wasn't playing is a big part of how the game uh, in terms of like rivalry, rivalry um, shaped out. I mean, with Russ on the court, I think it would have been like a tad different um, from like from like from what I saw during the game. I mean, certain parts are concerning to me and others are very, very interesting. Like the wing rotation is not bad. Um, and I was really afraid of that. I think that both Terrence and um, and Hamidou Diallo really did a great job defensively for mm-hmm. like the matchup that they had to face and the type of game uh, they decide to. Um, I mean, OKC decide to play. I mean, they were super aggressive on screen. It's hard. It's hard to do. And so I think. On that side, which is, uh, as Alex said, very important to the uh, OKC season, I think this game was good. Um, other other stuff like uh, the spacing at the end of the game or the fact that Patrick Patterson seemed great in preseason and now it's like it's again what we what we saw last season. That is a bit concerning to me. Yeah, I thought he got better as the game went along. I thought the whole team yeah. did. The first half was. It looked like they didn't have any clue what to do out there. I mean, that w- it was weird. Like, did you mm-hmm. do you agree? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was completely weird. I mean, they were out of sync and then they decided to start playing. Well, I think that Golden State uh, played a better defensive half in the first one. And it was kind of uh, not very focused on the second part of the game. But OKC really pushed um, in, in the third, which is which is great. I mean, even if the results weren't as good um, throughout like the, the end of the game, I think that the, the idea of like pushing, really pushing on both ends uh, to start the second half, it's something that OKC didn't have last season. And so to show it um, in the first game of the season is something really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex, I thought they kind of looked like, we kind of hoped that they'd be a different team heading into the season as opposed to what they were last year. Uh, it's obviously just one game, but are you encouraged by what you saw? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there, there's definitely things to, to nitpick here and there, but you can't understate the impact that Schroeder has just on the watchability of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we were tweeting about it last night, you know, making jokes. I think it was Danny LaRue who had been pushing the wave and stretch idea with Mello. And I think he said he would prefer it to trading for Schroeder. Mm-hmm. And you watched that game last night. And I was trying to imagine if I had to watch that game without Schroeder there. He's just <laughs> he, right. he's some he's something they haven't had since at least Reggie Jackson. Um, I mean, maybe you could say Dion Waiters kind of has like the same level of confidence that he does, but he's he's not the playmaker that Schroeder mm-hmm. is. I mean, Schroeder was really running the offense last night and it just made it a lot easier to watch, especially in that third quarter um, where it all kind of came together. So th- that was my biggest takeaway for him going forward is that, you know, we're really going to have a nice piece coming off the bench because that all bench lineup last night, which I was not a fan of. It was Felton, Abrinas, Diallo, Grant, and Noel. That lineup shouldn't have to exist. And if you plug... <laughs> If you plug Schroeder in place of Felton, like all of a sudden, that's a much more exciting lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really athletic. That's a really it could be a really fun lineup, but Felton just takes things to a grinding halt. Right? Can you guys imagine, uh, guess what's the only action about like uh, where uh, Danny Larue tweeted about Danny Schroeder? Like for the, the air ball game, the air ball three. Oh, exactly. I was going to guess the uh, clear path. <laughs> no, that, it just tweeted Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad shot, but who cares? I mean, if if I have to 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 see an air ball from him and 28 minutes of that quality, I take it. Like, yeah, like he played like a starter and yeah. he like re- he really belonged to that to that spot. And, and that is really interesting. And yeah, I mean. Dennis Schroeder was probably the best player um, on the court for like if you if you talk about consistent consistency from the first half to the uh, to the second half. Obviously, PG had like a monster third quarter that actually got OKC into the game. But I thought that Dennis was constant throughout uh, throughout the game, which is very important. I'd like to thank the Mule for sponsoring today's show. You've got to go down to the Mule, 16th and Blackwell. They're in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. They are a grilled, a gourmet grilled cheese restaurant, and it's unbelievable. And the thing that you should get, to me, if you're going in for the first time, maybe you're going on a date, maybe you're taking some friends or family, you have got to try their fried cheese curds. They are beer-battered, 
and fried with a side of marinara and ranch. And the cheese curds are just unbelievable. If you're looking for a good grilled cheese, something that's a little different, the macaroni pony is my favorite. Uh, The Cortez is kind of a spicy uh, grilled cheese sandwich. They're all good. It has been voted the best sandwich restaurant in the state of Oklahoma over and over and over again for a reason, because it's just that good. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the Mule. Yeah. And I thought his defense was really encouraging. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was matched up on Steph a lot, and Steph still had a great game, but he was staying with Steph, like running around all with him, staying right there. And I just thought overall he looked good. He had a nice block on clay. Mm-hmm. The rim, that was great. So I thought that was really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that was that OKC was uh, very active on screen, which is a, a taxing um to do for the entire game they had to run through screen every time and of course like sometimes on screen but i think that okc reacted very well like they switched when they had to they didn't uh do some lazy switch they really fought their way into screens and to do that against golden state follow as you said follow curry on screens that 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 is not not very easy to do and so yeah that part of, of his game was even uh more uh, interesting to me than uh, the offensive part mm-hmm. yeah they they finally kind of have the personnel to do that mm-hmm. and you know one through ten in the rotation i don't know when russell gets back if they're just going to cut felton's minutes out or what that looks like or if felton's going to take the place of diallo i don't know what it is but they've it feels like they finally have a team where Billy Donovan's like, okay, we can play the style of basketball that I want to. And to me, there's really no excuses moving forward, even with guys missing, because mm-hmm. they have a pretty deep roster at this point. And even after one game, I think you can pretty confidently say it's one of the deepest rosters they had in a long time. Uh, another guy that I thought showed up played really well was Nerlens Noel. He only played 12 minutes. He was strictly Stephen Adams' backup. Uh, he the, His stats aren't eye-popping, but I thought that he really affected shots at the rim. He played really hard, which is really what I was looking for. It's like, he's is he going to play hard in whatever mm-hmm. minutes he gets? And I thought that he was pretty awesome. Yeah, Alex, he was. You, Alex, you can talk if you want oh, to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I thought Nerlens had a really nice game in his role. I think if you're getting that effort in those 12 minutes every time, you're feeling pretty good. And he can be, he's a lot more flexible. He's not like throwing in, I don't know, like one of these bigs that is really just a center. Um, I, I feel like Noel is a little bit more versatile on the defensive end. Um, so you don't have to worry about him as much if, if the team is playing a slightly smaller lineup. I just think that he's he's going to be the perfect backup center. He's probably a little bit overqualified for the role. And I think just like Schroeder, that's that's going to be perfect for this team because it's just more depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, do you have the box score in front of you? I do. OK, well, I was hoping that you didn't, that you weren't prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> Steven Adams line when I looked at it after the game, 17, 11, four assists, two steals, only two turnovers. I looked at that and I was like, wow, that's way better than I thought he played. It's kind of a weird moment because I didn't think it, he played, I didn't think he played that well. 
Yeah, especially in the first half, there were so many plays where he would get the ball down low and just the ball would never get up to the rim. Right. <laughs> he was he, he got double teamed a couple times. He he did not look good offensively. And it was funny because like Marv Albert said, like he called him a soon to be all star. And then Charles Barkley at halftime said he was the most underrated player in the league. It was a shame, in my opinion, that like it wasn't one of his best games. So he wasn't really like showing out. But like you said, he did end up with like a pretty good stat line and got above the uh, the points total that you predicted for the uh, for the year. So he just needs to stay right there. Right. If he can just maintain. <laughs> <laughs> Michele, what do you think about Adams? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably the, the most important thing about Steven Adams is the number of touches and the number of passes um that they that he had i'm looking to the uh, play type box score uh, player tracking on nba.com and he says that he has like 45 touches and 30 passes 29 passes that to me is very important it seems that the team wants to play more through him um it was it wasn't very effective uh but a this is one of the best team in the league and B, it was the first game, no Russell Westbrook. And I think that the spacing with Terrence Ferguson is not ideal. Um, but it was encouraging to me to see him more active in terms of um, in terms of how many uh, balls he actually touched during the during the um, during the game. Um, he wasn't very effective in, in post-ups, and he wasn't very effective at all on rebounding. I think to to his standards because on like. Golden State took a lot of uh, offensive rebound, and that that is not something that happens when you have uh, Stephen Adams on the floor. I think that he was really uh, not okay physical uh, physically. He, you could tell that the lift wasn't there, um, his mobility wasn't at his best, and so I I don't want to read too much into the Stephen Adams games, but surely he wasn't as effective um, as he could be. Yeah, it was a real problem, and you can almost point to one player that won the game for Golden State, uh, Kevon Looney was awesome. He was a plus mm-hmm. 23, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 8 offensive rebounds, uh, which was huge. And he had 2 assists, which were from those offensive rebounds. And so I thought that he really came in and changed the game for them, uh, which is kind of a weird statement for Golden State. Uh, but he was easily their best player off the bench last night. Um, and if the Thunder could have kept him off the boards, I think they would have had a chance to win. Yeah, I think that's true because I thought the rest of their defensive approach made a lot of sense. Listen to this stat, okay? This this blew my mind. <laughs> okay, so last night from three-point range, Golden State was 7-26, to 26, which is good for 26.9%. So I went back and looked at all of their box scores from last year. Did you know that last year they never shot that few of threes? Really? That was their lowest three-point attempt total for all of last season. And it was also their worst shooting percentage from three from all of last season. Wow. So the Thunder really forced them out of what they wanted to do. And also what was interesting, I was going back and looking through their game log. One of their worst shooting nights, the actual the second worst shooting night, was a game against Oklahoma City in February where there were eight for 28. So... I do think OKC matches up with them well defensively and 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 they force them out of what they want to do. They don't let them take a lot of threes. There was another game last April where they only shot 29 threes against OKC. So there does seem to be a pattern there. 
I think that the, the, the emphasis that the coaching staff put on this game was on avoiding trees. Like, they took a lot of shots uh, uncontested at the rim, which is the trade-off that you have to to make if you want to be as aggressive um, on, the, on the trees. But I think it works. Um, like, even if I think that two, three, maybe four shots that the Golden State took were clean, especially uh, by Clay Thompson, and they will go in uh, any given night. I think that the number 26 is a great number. Um, and if you if you can contain them, if you can um, avoid like easy looks, I think that you, you, you are on the right track to beat Golden State. And that's why, I mean, I, I'm so positive on the defensive ends, on the defensive end for the wings, because Diallo and Ferguson really did a great job. They were focused on Clay Thompson. Uh, maybe it's a, it's just a random night uh, that he should, uh, that he should uh, one out of eight. But I think that they did a good job. And it is to me, this is the main takeout of this game, that defensively they were really um, focused on, on the game plan and they executed um, on offense, not so much, but it, it's fine to concentrate on the defense first. And then when Russ is back, um, see what the offense is. Mm-hmm. Hey, real quick, uh, idiot update. Uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, that stat I just told you, incorrect. It turns out there's <laughs> two two pages on the uh, NBA page. I didn't go to the second page, so you can ignore those. <laughs> it sounded really impressive. <laughs> I know, but, it's, it but it's low. It's like 26 is low. I, I, it is I can low. Even, yeah. I don't know how many game, games last season they should like more, like less than 26, but I guess it's not that many. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. The Warriors don't have that many good three-point shooters, right? Outside of Curry, Clay, and KD. Like who else shoots threes? Maybe Quinn Cook? DeMarcus? When when will we be back? Be yeah. quiet, Michele. <laughs> Sorry, don't mention his name. Uh, but beyond them, like they don't have a, a ton of good shooting role players. Like Oklahoma City gets made fun of all the time because they don't have a wing outside of like their big three that can make a <clears throat> three point shot. Oh my goodness, my voice. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, I don't know that the Warriors do either. I think their their depth really kind of show that they have some weakness there last night. Yeah, I, when, that lineup that I don't really like, the all-bench lineup, when they yeah. were in in the fourth quarter, I was looking at what Golden State put out on the floor. I was like, well, that's not that great. Like, I mean, they had Clay Thompson out there, but it was, you know, it was Quinn Cook. It was Jonas Jerebko. It was Jordan Bell. It was just like, yeah, that doesn't scare me. Right. And so I, I think that Billy was able to get away with that all bench unit last night in part because they were they seemingly were going up against like the Warriors third stringers. Mm-hmm. Although maybe that's just what where their depth is this year. Yeah, I think that's like part of <clears throat> having Boogie on your team is that you have to sacrifice quite a bit of depth because they could have gotten another wing with that money. Um, but they got Boogie, which is. It's big. It's a. It's kind of a risk, but you can. They're going to reap massive rewards if he can play. Uh, okay, I have a question for both you guys that I want you to answer. <clears throat> Let's say Sam Presti came to you. This is. This will never happen for for lots. It could. Of it could. And he said, "You have, you have so little faith on us." <laughs> no, 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 no. But this scenario would never happen. Not that. Okay. He would, <clears throat> he'd obviously come to you for advice. <clears throat> Alex. Yeah. You have to choose between Terrence Ferguson and Hamadou Diallo 
Only one can remain on the team for the rest of the season. Who would you choose? Oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> uh, I'm go. I would go with Diallo. Listen, Ferguson. I thought he was he was solid defensively last night. Um, you know, th- we talk about how he disappears offensively. On the other hand, like I don't notice him a lot defensively, which is a good thing. Like he he was matched up on Clay a lot last night, and Clay had a terrible game. I think Clay was five for twenty from the field. Um, and so you got to give Terrence Ferguson a little bit of credit for that. And I just thought he was a really good team defender. He was always where he needed to be. Whereas like when Alex Sabrinas came into the game, it was like right off the bat, Iggy beats him on a backdoor pass. And then a, a little while later, like Abrinas kind of gets embarrassed defensively. I notice Abrinas defensively because it's so obvious. Whereas I don't really notice Terrence Ferguson because I thought he was doing pretty well. On the other hand, I don't really know what he does on offense. I know what he theoretically does. Like theoretically, he makes shots. He he shoots threes. But there were too many times last night where I you just don't. He, he was playing the the Andre Robertson role of just like standing in the corner, not doing a lot. There was a play late in the game where he drove it and had a decent pass to Jeremy Grant, who finished it, and that was nice. But then there was another play where he got matched up with Damian Jones, and he like tried to beat go past him and he couldn't and so he just dribbled back out to the three-point line and passed it off i don't know i just i I don't know what he does i don't know what i should be expecting him to do whereas with diallo when he is out on the court i mean it was almost every play you were noticing him for doing something and sometimes it was being you know too aggressive and he picked up a bunch of quick fouls but i just like the aggressiveness that he plays with and maybe that's better suited for the second unit you know i was thinking about you know, in my head, I really wanted Diallo to eventually become the starter. But I do think that Ferguson can work as a starter in a way that he may have not worked last year. One, because Carmel Anthony isn't on the court. So overall, the team's just better defensively. Two, Ferguson seems to be better defensively compared to where he was last year. And three, OKC's already shown they can put out a really good offense during a regular season with a non-factor on offense. With Robertson. And so, you know, maybe Ferguson doesn't have to be amazing on offense and he can just slowly grow into that role. So I don't know if it's like the worst thing that he's the starter, but overall, I am much more excited about Diallo going forward. Michael, same question. Um, I guess the answer is the same, um, but I'm I'm also curious to see Terrence uh, when Russ goes back. Or Russ comes back because, like tonight, uh, last night he was often free in the corner, and Schroeder uh, didn't look at him very much. Um, Golden State was uh, sagging off like like he was like Andrew Robertson. Like sometimes they were doubling uh, Paul George, sometimes they were doubling Stephen Adams, and leaving completely open in the corner. The offense should recognize that and pass him the ball because if you if you don't do that regularly. Then he becomes under Robertson. But he's really not. Like, from the corner, he can shoot it. He showed it last season. I really want um, this offense to look for him if he starts. Because otherwise, he is not useful. They play four on five on offense. And they really shouldn't. But until he, prove, he proves to be, like, a decent shooter from the corners, like, defenses will not care about him. And I think Russ does a better, uh, like... 
he's better in finding guys uh, on the corners. Not like great because there are others point guard, other point guards that 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 find corners better than him. But last year and two seasons ago, he was finding Robertson open on the corner a lot of times. If he does that with with Ferguson, I think he will shoot it more. And then, only then we could we can really judge the um, the Hamidou Diallo versus Terence Ferguson because he, I think that if you give him like two three uh, attempts from three from the corners per game and the defenses started to uh, notice him, then he makes sense. Otherwise, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Obviously, we need to see more from Ferguson. Uh, than just one game against probably the best team in the NBA. Uh, but still, like you watch them both. And, and to me, awesome. He played great defense on that other end. That's great. But the benefit of having Ferguson is that he's supposed to be good at both. And like pretty good at defense, pretty good at offense. And like that's where he, the benefit should lie with him. And I thought that Diallo in his nine minutes showed more that he was able to contribute on both ends. I think that he was less solid on defense than Ferguson was overall, but I thought I saw some good things from him on that end. He, I think he is a really smart player, and we saw him make good decisions. We saw him make uh, a really good cut to the basket, where Ferguson, at times it looked like he was moving away from the action. Uh, maybe he thought he was creating space, but like nobody was really going with him. Uh, it, was, it was just a strange experience watching Terrence Ferguson because for a few possessions I decided to just watch him see what he was doing on the offensive end and it it did look like he was almost afraid to have the ball you know he took two shots and that was it he had that one wide open three where it was like okay Terrence Ferguson like you you need to hit this shot because it would have put them (laughs) within like a few and he just clanked it and it looked it didn't look fluid he looked nervous to take it uh and maybe as time goes on, he'll get more comfortable out there. Uh, but Diallo looked comfortable just right away. If you were if you were to just have me watch that game and I'd never seen any of these guys play before, and you just showed me clips of Diallo and Ferguson, and you asked me who the rookie was, I would have said Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. Get, which is weird. I, I don't know. Every time I see Diallo play, I feel like I see a little bit more where I'm like, oh, okay, like this guy's kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, Diallo was was solid. Um, he probably had like two or three breakdowns uh, defensively, but I mean, he, he was faced faced up with one of the best guards in the league, and so you can expect that. I think he was better on offense, uh, like according to the circumstances. Like he was doing stuff, like good stuff, uh, in a regular season game, which is. Remarkable. He had more touches uh, in his eight minutes, um, like in as a like rate of touches per minute than Terence Ferguson, which is something that helps. Um, like Terence had eleven touches in twenty six minutes. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And yeah, uh, and a lot of people would attribute that to the Thunder offense. But like, part go, of that, but not part just- of it is. But go watch the game. Like Diallo involved himself. They play the same position. Yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Diallo touched the touched the ball nine times in eight minutes, which which is something like it's okay. I mean, it, yeah. it's what you expect from a um, like your fifth option on the court. And so, yeah, uh, if this trends, if this trend continues, I 
don't see a way that Ferguson keeps uh, his starting position. Because again, Abrines was active. Uh, Diallo is active. So yeah. um, if you want more defense, you go Diallo. If you want more offense, you can go Abrines. Because again, I think that the, the all shooting lineup will help a ton. Um, will help Steven Adams, will help Paul George that didn't have space in the first quarter. We'll have Schroeder, uh, Schroeder or uh, Robertson, uh, sorry, Schroeder or uh, Westbrook. Sorry, I'm a little bit out of uh, sync today. But um, yeah, it will help point guards. Um, and so, yeah, I wonder what happens in uh, after the first five to six games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask how long you guys thought Ferguson's leash is this year. Because um, it was... It seemed like it was pretty long last year until they brought in Corey Brewer, and then it was like instant change. And right. I just don't—I I don't know how they feel about these other guys. Like, I based on last year, I don't feel like a Bre- hes gonna that Billy's suddenly gonna elevate a Brinus into the starting lineup because mm-hmm. it's—it's it's a guy he's just yanked around in terms of minutes. So I don't know if he would make that move to Diallo. I, I feel like we're gonna have Ferguson for a while. There is another option. Um, and I think uh, Brett Dawson mentioned it like more than one time. Um, I think that one idea is to start any shorter from the beginning. Um, you can you can stagger them. You can stack Russ and Dennis, even if you start them both, like Houston does. And maybe it makes sense. If you have a good unit and you, if you can sustain uh, on defense, for example, by putting um, shooter on point guards and having Russ guarding uh, shooting guards, maybe that ha- that that can be uh, the way Billy shapes the rotation because it makes sense. I mean, you put your best five player on the court right from the beginning, and then you maybe close with Jeremy Grant instead of Patrick Patterson, and that's the way you handle the rotation. And then it's interesting to see how uh, Ferguson, Abrines, and Diallo are put in the uh, from the bench, like how they will play, how much they will play. And then if you do that, if you start Schroeder, then Billy can still play his all bench lineup, which would probably be very appealing <laughs> <Yeah>. to him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the downside. The all bench lineup lives. <laughs> Felton's but I mean, the all bench lineup was not bad last season. The issue was Felton plus George. So yeah. maybe the all bench lineup is something... Uh, that Billy will use and will work during the season. Yeah, how, how quick I hope, I do you guys? Not. How quick do you guys think that we'll see t- TLC this season? I thought it was interesting that he didn't get any minutes last night. Yeah, do you think? Do you think he has? He's like completely out of the rotation, or is this just a one game thing? I think I Billy know. showed his hand on what he thinks about the wings. Yeah, you know? like you don't. Yeah, that's the pecking order, I think. Yeah. He'll play. I mean, TLC will play. He will get a chance because that's how Billy Donovan operates, and he'll probably he'll he'll probably relegate, you know, Diallo or Brinus, you know, to the bench, and they don't play that night, and they see what they have in TLC. But you know, maybe we'll see that Sunday against the Kings. Uh, I I think the Thunder really want to. They really should want to win this game in LA because you don't want to get down, owed two to start the season. Right, um, and so I, I, th- I think that he'll probably continue with the same rotation, just because. I mean, personally, I thought Diallo was a lot better than TLC in preseason. Uh, I didn't, 
I didn't see a lot from him that made me think that he should play or he should be getting minutes. You know, he has a really nice looking shot, but it never goes in. Uh, and he's inconsistent. And I, I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather almost, I mean, we don't have a ton of control over TLC for the rest of his career. I'd almost, I'd just rather have Diallo out there. And I just think that Diallo's, he's better than, and it's weird to say that about a rookie. Um, that's only played one game. He's played nine minutes, but um, you know, I feel like I've seen enough that says that he's he's better. Yeah, it's funny that I, I was again back to that all bench lineup. I, I tweeted out like, "How is this lineup supposed to score?" And because I look at all of those guys except Abrinas, but like Abrinas really relies on other people getting him the ball. But I look at all those guys as primarily defenders, um, and then Diallo he was just so aggressive. Like I think it was at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I mean, he, he had a really nice like finish from uh, off of a Jeremy Grant pass. Mm-hmm. It was like a really tough shot. And then he took another shot. There was like a, a mid range shot that went in. I just, I keep being su- surprised at how aggressive he is on offense because in my head, I keep thinking of him as primarily a defensive player. Um, but he just, he goes and gets it on offense and he, he makes himself known. And it's just something that we haven't seen from a lot of young thunder guys. Yeah. yeah that, that play w- where he took the mid range jumper, it wasn't a good play uh, it, in an inside. Like if you, if you take away context, uh, you don't want him to take a mid range, but he was like late on the clock and there was a de- decision to make either. I do a pass. I make a pass and uh, with the risk of like letting the clock, um, expire or i take a shot and i remember like it was yesterday the same circumstances with josh eustace uh, against washington like late clock he had to make a quick decision and he made the wrong one like he dribbled into a defender and then threw a pass that that was off target diallo was very uh quick uh in terms of decision making he took the shot even if it wasn't a great shot because it was the best option available and that to me, is something valuable and something that speaks about his um, IQ in terms of basketball, or maybe uh, the fact that he is like he just brings it more um, than what others do. And yeah, other very important thing about TLC is that if he c- continues this way, I will not lose my bet with Andrew. So I'm I'm very happy. What was the bet? Uh, <laughs> him playing more than uh, Deontay Barton. So far, oh. we are two two. <laughs> We're like two games each in preseason. Right. <laughs> that's that's uh, very important. Oh, he's got to win that. TLC's got to win that. He's just Why? To. Why? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree with you now. I don't Dad, disagree you should, with you. You should root for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared to dress uh, in KD garment uh, once more. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I I'm I'm excited to see what happens Friday with this team. Uh do you guys want to make a complete guess as to whether Russ will play on Friday night? <laughs> um do you know anything, Andrew, that you're hiding from us? No, he warmed up uh yeah. and pl- I guess shot the ball really well from 3. Um I have no no inside information on mm. what Russell looks like other than that. 
I saw some video, but I don't know. To me, I think he'll play. I thought he'd play last night too, so maybe I'm just a big dummy. But um, I think Russell will play Friday, and I think it'll be really fun. I I hope that they don't start Schroeder because I really want to see 48 minutes of the same style of basketball from this team. Uh, I really I don't think they will. I think that that's too tough of a defensive assignment for Russell or Schroeder to try to handle the shooting guards and to try to run around screens and stuff like that uh, the whole time. And I think yeah, but they guys, play the Clippers. Like no one runs off screens. I mean that's true, but I'm just saying like for the long term. Like I just don't. I don't know that I love the idea of that. I'd rather have them both strictly as point guards and then maybe closing together because they will. They're obviously going to play minutes together, but you know, I you have all these wings that you want to see if they work out. And it would almost be hilarious if there's like, yeah, nope, we're not going to play them. You know, we're just going to play Schroeder. <laughs> But it's, I mean, it's your fifth best player or yeah, four. Like, yeah, but you maybe, close with them, you know? I, yeah, I know. But I want to maximize the minutes I give him. Like, yeah. I don't think he's a guy that produces in 18 minutes and that's all. Like, no, no, no. And so, um, I, I like, I think that if he's on the court, he will, if he's on the court more, he will produce more. And I get the part of the defensive assignment, really. But there is at least one guy. Uh, on the opposing team that doesn't run off screen. You give that to, to Russ. Um, and, and the rest you manage. And okay, if, if it's against Golden State or Houston, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you, you, you have to guard, period. Yeah. Um, but against like regular season teams, you can manage, I think. Uh, and you don't have to, to play them like eight minutes to start a game. You can do six. Yeah. You do six minutes with uh, a very good offense because even if even when um, Dennis didn't have the ball in his hands, uh, they were close to him. Mm-hmm. He took like one three, which was semi-contested, not really uncontested. He could have drive, dr- drove past him, past the defender, who I don't remember who he was, probably Livingston. Uh, but he chose to take the three. But it was semi-contested. So the space is there if you start both um, Russ and, and Dennis. And that's why I think this is a real option. I, I, I really think that Billy wants to give him 30 minutes. And it's hard to give him 30 minutes if you don't start him. That's true. Your your minute crunch does begin if you don't start. Like you can't like you can't play a certain amount of minutes if you don't start the game. And I get that. Uh I'd just be a little surprised if they did start him. Um uh, I know Brett's saying that. Brett's a lot smarter than I am about all this stuff. He's closer to the team, but um I think they're gonna continue to start Terrence, is what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh and Alex asked the question like how long is his leash? I have no idea. Because this season, it feels like they have more options in Abrinas and Diallo than they did in the past. We haven't seen anything from Abdul Nader. Maybe we just won't. Uh, TLC as well, I don't think that they would consider starting him at this point. Because, I mean, you're going to play your best guys that you feel like you have when you're playing Golden State. You know, when they play Sacramento, I think it'll be a different story on Sunday. But when you play Golden State, you want to play your best best players and you want to use the rotations that feel like give you the best chance to win and you know i'm really glad to see that abrinas and diallo are a part of that i just wonder i mean alex what do you think what would it take in your mind to supplant him from the starting lineup 
I don't. I I don't know if I can even imagine this scenario. I guess Ferguson would have to just be really bad, but like bad shooting, like just never making a shot. Like mm-hmm. if he started the season like zero for nine from three, Whoa. maybe he maybe he makes the move. But even then, I don't know. I I just feel like Billy's going to keep him there um, because he's comfortable with him, and you know if he's producing like he did last night on defense, then I think they can probably get away with it, um, at least during large stretches of the regular season, um, just because the rest of their starting lineup is going to be so good. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's there for a while. Yeah. Maybe Ferg's just like, hey, I'm, I'm a Robertson replacement. I'm going to avoid the basketball. I'm just going <laughs> to face guard people. That's what right. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he, if he can be like as effective on defense, I'm... I'm open to that. But right. I think that if OKC starts out really bad, like five and five or something like that, they will not start him. Like, yeah. I, I don't anticipate that to happen because um, I think that Russ can lift a lot. And the fact that we have a point guard in the second unit now, I think that will, again, uh, be uh, something that will help. Because if you think about it, like the the starting unit last night could be part of your second unit, if not all of it. Yeah. Like there is there are, there will be times where Danny Schroeder, Paul George, and Stephen Adams lead the second unit, which is like not really a second unit, uh, and and Russ goes with Abrinas, uh, Noel, Grant, and Diallo. And like Russ can lift that unit to be successful, mm-hmm. and if the like the actual starting the, the starting unit that we had last night is your second unit, how many teams have a better unit than that? That's what I was kept thinking about. If if you could stagger the minutes such that rest one of Westbrook or Schroeder is always on the court, so that there's always a functional offense on the court. It would just be it'd be such a luxury. <laughs> it's just something yeah, right. we're not, we're not used to. No, I mean it, it's it's the story of the last two seasons. Like for two seasons, they they didn't have a point guard in the second unit, a successful point guard in the second unit, um, a point guard that plays the same way that Russ plays. And so I really think that that Dennis showed that he can do that, and he can do that particularly well. I mean, it was Golden State. And in the third quarter, they imposed their offense, which is something that without Russ, it never happened last season or two seasons ago. Maybe against Minnesota, like the last game of the season where Thomas was great, but like that's that's about it. Yeah, and, and to me, the Thunder shot poor enough to where I thought like that, what they did last night, it was very sustainable. Like they weren't they they hung with Golden State and they weren't like shooting lights out. You know, if they shot like fifty percent from three or something like that, and they still lost by just a few, you'd be like, oh man, like they're kind of in trouble. But they shot terribly. They shot terribly from the free throw line, from the three point line, and they still hung with this team. And I know the Warriors shot poorly as well, but still, like it says something to be able to hang with them without Russell. And it's just so it's so weird. Like watching a Thunder team without Russell because that's like all that we've known. And like now it's like this team is like okay. And they don't mm-hmm. even have Russell. 
And so what does this team look like when Russ comes back? Because Russ is their most important player. He's their best player. And he's the, the player that shapes the most on this roster. And so he's going to shape the way that they play against the Clippers if he plays Friday. Uh, and I'm just really interested to find out what that looks like and to see what it looks like with Schroeder there. Like, is he going to play off the ball? Like, that's a question that we've been asking or have been asked all summer, and we still don't have any clue what that looks like. Um, I'm just intrigued to see what the Thunder look like with their best player because last night, like, they looked pretty good without him. Yeah, yeah and... Go, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Alex, you go ahead. <laughs> We're so nice to each other. <laughs> Too nice. Uh, well, I was just going to go back to the, the shooting percentages. You know, from the line, you look through the different players, and the only one that's really surprising is Paul George. He was 5 for 8 last night, but you're not really worried about him going forward. Yeah. You know, Adams was 5 for 8. That makes sense. Noel was 1 for 2. Grant was 2 for 4. It's all going to come down to Westbrook. If he has right. another weird season like he did last year or if he gets back to the free throw shooter he was. But the other part of the percentages was, you know, they were terrible from three. Mm-hmm. They shot 10 of 37. They were 27 percent. But the fact that they took 37 attempts, I think, is huge. Now, this is a stat. This one, I've double and triple checked it. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> Last season, they only shot more than 37 attempts four times. Wow. So that, that's a really good number for them. Um, I liked that Schroeder was taking shots and he made two of six. So I I thought he looked fine there. Um, So that was another encouraging aspect about their offense for me. Yeah. And to double down on your point, uh, um, there is like a a page on NBA.com that um, tags like uncontested shots. And OKC shot 35% on those, which is not great. Um, While Golden State shot 43%. 43%. So they actually eat more open shots than what OKC does. And that's fine. But uh, like nine point percentage is a bit too much, especially because PG was not okay, like 40%. And same was Tupat and and also um, Felton uh, wasn't okay uh, on open shots. So I think they have margin. And with Russ on the court, they have a lot of margin. And yeah. um, I'm really excited to see how how the rotation goes because if they play like a competent second unit maybe maybe with either um adams or george uh with any Schroeder, i think that that will will solve a lot of issues again the national narrative keeps forgetting that when russ is off the court uh okc had huge trouble for the past two seasons like huge trouble he it passed from like a great team like 50 win team to a other team Mm-hmm. And if this season that is not the case, that's that's why you can get to fifty or fifty plus. Yeah, and another thing that would have been a, cleaned up a lot last night if Russell played is the rebounding. Like yeah, last night, the Thunder point. the Thunder lost the rebounding battle to the Warriors, which should never happen, and it did. And I think like the difference between Schroeder and Russ on the boards, although you know Schroeder contributed on the boards, but just there's just a clear difference in the way that Russell rebounds, the way that Schroeder rebounds. Um, I don't think that the the Warriors get 16 offensive rebounds last night if Russell plays. Um, and so I think that cleans it up a little bit. I think the Thunder would have had a chance in that game last night with the way the Warriors were playing. Uh, so, 
which is all you can ask for against Golden State. I know it's ring night. It's a weird night in the NBA. A lot of those teams do lose. Um, but for the Thunder, just to hang without Russell uh, is a big deal. So uh, I don't know. If, did you guys even answer the if you think Russell will play Friday? I think you guys like somehow got out of that. Yeah, we did. We refused. Yeah, I, I have no idea. We yeah, outwitted I'm, I'm you. I'm pretty confident he plays on Sunday. Okay. But um, I don't know. Come on, McKelly. <laughs> he will not play. So that okay. we can see again uh, Diaz with uh, at the starting job. Okay. Alex? Uh, no, he doesn't play. Okay. I think he plays. Till Christmas. Till Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to keep sitting out. Uh, yeah, I think he'll play. I think uh, I think that game will be fun. The Clippers, I, I don't know what to think about the Clippers. I think they're going to be like a decent team, but the Thunder need to beat them. Like they just they need to win that game. Um, should be exciting. Another nine thirty tip, man. I'm I'm not a fan of these nine thirty tips, but um, I am. They're more. great. Yeah, for <laughs> you, they're great. <laughs> also for me, I mean, well, not great, but okay, like better than two a.m. Like. Yeah, uh, that for me the the, the seven p.m. tweet the um, tip off, which is two a.m. for me, for me it's terrible. Yeah, and Saturday I have to wake at four a.m. because I have to go to a conference, so I will watch it on the train. Oh, oh no! Yeah. yeah, it's in Rome, like terrible. Nine a.m. I have to be there. Hey, oh. can I ask you guys something? Uh, one topic we haven't covered yet. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the power forward breakdown? Because heading into the season, I thought it would be a little more even. Um, but last night, you know, Patterson starts, but he only plays 19 minutes. Jeremy Grant ends up playing 29 minutes and closing the game. So what do you guys think about that? I think that you cannot pair Ferguson and Grant together and get a competent offense. Because there's, again, you can you can leave them out um, uh, open uh, in the three-point line, and so it, it makes too much of um, a spacing issue. And so, to me, if you if you want to play Ferguson a lot, you have to balance out with the power forward rotation and match up um, two pat with Ferg and Grant with Abrines. Um So I think that in the twenty, how much did Grant play? Twenty-eight, something like twenty-nine. That? Twenty-nine. I think that if you cut out the last four minutes of the game and you give them to two pad, uh, that would have been better. But um, I, I think he will, Grant will play more, um, especially when Russ comes back. Billy just trusts trust him more than, than two pad on defense. I don't know why, uh, but that is the case. Yeah, I think that's about how it will go for the rest of the season. I think we're going to see a lot more Jeremy Grant. He's a little bit more. He's more versatile. Like he just is. He can play more positions, and he can switch more than Tupac can. So, I think we'll cons- continue to see that same thing. No, especially if uh, if JG uh, shuts the ball the ball better uh, than what he did last night. Um, he took trees with confidence, uh, right. and that part I like. Um, I had like um, an interaction with Harry Corn, um, who wanted. Uh, Grant to drive on a closeout uh, instead of taking a three. I'm super okay on him taking threes. That's how you become uh, um, like a shooter, by taking yeah. them, actually taking them. If he takes like four threes per game, I'm happy. Um, like 32% on threes, on four threes is not great, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, and, and you, and then you get more um, coverage, and it's easier for you to to attack a closeout because it's a real closeout. And so, I'm all in for Jamigan to shoot. I hope he goes above thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think he needs, he he just has to take them. I mean, this mm-hmm. team this team needs players to take threes, and they don't have a ton of good options for that. Uh, but if you're wide open, you have to take it. You just have to. Yeah. Okay. And quickly, like without hesitation, yeah. like just right. just shoot quickly. That's what I love about Diallo is that I haven't seen him hesitate once. You know, I haven't mm-hmm. seen him play a ton, but every time I see him play, he's not hesitating. He's just playing with supreme confidence, which is something that we don't exactly see from Ferguson. I think that's what draws people to Diallo as opposed to Ferguson is that, you know, as he was shooting that wide open three, Terrence Ferguson, you could, you could feel through the television, like, Oh, like, I just don't know. You know, he's like, I have to take it cause I'm wide open, but I don't really know that I want to take it. Uh, with Diallo, like he's just all over the place and he's, he is, you know, kind of commanding what he's going to do on the court, which is, I think what draws people to him. Uh, you guys got any other takes from last night's game before we go, Alex? Uh, I was just going to ask you guys uh, more league wide. Looking at tonight's games, what players or what teams are you guys interested in watching? There's there's a nice nice couple of games on the docket. Yeah. Uh, is it bad to say that I'm really excited to uh, see Suns Mavs? Yeah, number one <laughs> versus number two pick. I think that's 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 that would be a good one. Yeah, I'm just interested. I love rookies. Uh, I'm just interested to see those guys play. I want to see Luca play. I think DeAndre Ayton is going to be a monster. I'm really excited to see uh, the Kings, <laughs> as I always am. <laughs> I just want to. I want to see how many big guys they put on the court because there was there were moments in preseason where there were four legitimate big men on the court at once. Right. And I want to say, I, I, I kind of feel like Jaeger has been forced into that because they don't have a ton of options. Um, but I want to see if how, how their big man minutes flesh out because I want to see Harry Giles. Yeah, me too. Bagley. I do not want to see Willie Colley Stein at this point. <laughs> so I, I hope Harry Giles gets a lot of minutes off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see like Timberwolves Spurs to, to make oh, myself yeah. miserable. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is intriguing. <laughs> this is a terrible game, and I mean tonight there's also um, Pelicans Rockets, which is great. I mean, AD yeah. against the Rockets, maybe he will embarrass Melo, maybe not. Um, yeah, I mean, good games tonight. Uh, but again, I would I would surely um, if I get up in time watch the end of uh, Mavs Suns because Luca Luca is great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You got to follow Alex on Twitter at OutBabyCakes. Follow McKellie on Twitter at Mikey Barra and his project ChartSide at Chart underscore Side. You can follow us on Twitter at DownToDunk. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Uh, I do a radio show here locally, and the show is tonight, Wednesday. So if you are listening to this early have enough time, you can listen to me at 105.3. I'll also send out a link where you can listen online as well. Call in around 7 o'clock. I'll take calls. So if you want to chat or if you have a question about the Thunder or the NBA, you can call in and chat then. 
Uh, please leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance. It's super simple. If you have an iPhone, just click on the Purple Podcast app, search down to dunk, hit five stars, boom, you're done. I know a lot of you guys uh, haven't had the maybe you haven't had the time, you haven't thought about it, but if you're listening to me right now, please do that. That is really helpful to us uh, in finding advertisers um, and things like that. So. Take the time to do that today. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again Friday morning.